You're listening to the AfterBuzz TV Network. Now the largest new media platform on the web and your number one source for after-show entertainment. Buzz Studios in Los Angeles, California. Presented by Maria Menunos and streaming live thanks to Akamai Technologies. This is AfterBuzz TV's Rave After Show. We'll break down tonight's episode and get you all the latest news and gossip. And now, another post-game wrap-up show for your favorite TV show. It's AfterBuzz TV's Rave After Show. I kind of let the song play. <laughs> it's so good. <laughs> hey, everybody. We are here doing another after show for Rain. I know I've been gone for a couple of weeks, but my name is Keaton Markey. And with me in the booth is my lovely Phil, you guys. Hello, everybody. I'm excited to be here. Fania couldn't be here tonight, um, but I'm excited. Finally, next Thursday, I think we're going to get the band together and we're going to get these, uh, we're finally going to be a think tank. Yes, yes, which will be exciting. It's just we've all been running around crazy, but you know, I freaking love this song and during the beginning, um, the opening this week on the episode, I paused it because I was like, oh, it's by the Lumineers because it kind of comes up and shows it's called Scotland and it's by the Lumineers. So fun fact, if you didn't know that already. But let's just jump right into it. It's Hearts and Minds, Episode 5. And um, this episode opens up kind of uh, with tensions high between Thomas and Prince Francis. And they're kind of showing off a little, I don't know, Phil, do you, do you think it's like they, they're kind of showing off their manhood with the bow and arrow contest? Or what did you kind of feel about that scene? Um, absolutely. I mean, you know... Uh, uh, in terms of Francis, he's still remember from last time, kind of questioning where he stands. You know, he he had a he had a bad episode last week in terms of all the you know he lost to his father, um, he lost out on 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 Mary and things like that. And so you know, I I think slowly but surely he's trying to rebuild himself, and we, you know, ultimately he gets the victory in tonight's episode, but. Yeah, and I and I think you can just see kind of how self-conscious he is, and it came up a couple times um, throughout this episode of just how a lot people really don't have much faith in him, and I, you know, true to history, um, he was known for being sickly and weak, and people didn't have that much faith in him. So it's kind of cool that they're they're spinning off of that actual fact, but um, it's kind of fun to see this char- him against this character Thomas because. Thomas of Portugal, he is so manly. He seems so much older than him, so much kind of like rough around the edges. Where Bash, I mean, not Bash, but uh, Francis kind of looks like a little boy when, when they're like up against each other. <laughs> it's true. And, you know, uh, and also just even f- for me learning from tonight's episode, um, you know, Francis doesn't have the ability to switch on and off and be as political yet. Mm-hmm. You know, whereas his counterpart, you know, last episode he was all sweet and innocent and nice. And all of a sudden that goes, you know, that switches. And now, you know, he's bringing out the whipping boys and everything like that. And, you know, now you're going to listen to me. And obviously we find out the true motives behind him. But he's able to play those various things, whereas Francis is just 
that he's he's innocent young francis and and he has a good heart Mm -hmm. and still in in the beginning of this episode we saw that um thomas did kind of make a show of uh his new engagement with mary even though it hasn't been officially accepted by the king henry of france he you know he shoots the arrow and then he presents a rose to mary in front of everybody which I felt was very rude, but obviously he was. it was meant to be very rude. It was meant to kind of be a rubbing in your face. But even Mary kind of, that was kind of her first distaste of him of like, wait, this guy isn't as charming and as nice as, you know, he seems. Because that was not, even though that was a charming move towards him, it wasn't that sweet to do that in front of Francis, who she really still loves and respects. You know, it was interesting to me, and I kind of talk about this, um, you know, in terms of the women having power, and it's interesting that tonight they referred to pretty much all the women, including Mary, as property, you know, yeah. as he says to him later on, you know, she's my property and I'll do what I want with her. And so even someone as high up as a queen is still viewed very negatively in this world, and it's just that it's... As much as last week, you know, uh, Fania and I were talking about in terms of the women trying to rise up, um, so, so are the men in whatever fashion mm-hmm. they can. And, and it's it's land, property, or money. And, you know, this will get them there. Yeah. And, I mean, and it, it was even funny because we kind of saw a little bit of that, like, with Mary. When her uncle pulls her aside at that very beginning, kind of scolds her for the whole situation that's happening. And, you know, obviously they're not going to send Mary, even though she is the Queen of Scotland. She, they, they won't send her there without a male advisor. And it's and obviously Elizabeth I hasn't happened yet. So, you know, they haven't really had a major, you know, female queen during this era. But it's it just it's, it's very sad to me that that's kind of how it was. <laughs> and I appreciate kind of CW show like kind of showing that side of it. They're not kind of shying away from, you know, the feminists and stuff by showing that's how it was back then. Uh, when it comes to the dealings with uh, marriages and stuff. But um, so after we kind of see this, you know, this whole show of manhood, Mary gets scolded. Um, we kind of we cut to Bash, who, as we saw last week, got injured on his way to send troops to Scotland um, because of a tip off to the English. And he's still not doing well. Nostradamus is trying to nurse him back to health. And uh, in walks Miss Lola, uh, our pretty our pretty friend who last time we really got a good like, you know, look at her character. She was kind of in a fight with Mary because she was in love with this man and he was beheaded um, by the queen, even though he was innocent, just because um, he was tried to they tried to blackmail him into uh, taking away Mary's uh, virginity by kind of raping her in the night to make her uneligible to be married to Prince Francis. So what did you feel about Lola and Bash? Do you think they have chemistry, Phil? Or? I think they certainly do. I mean, I loved his comment about, you know, um, my medication. I forget what it exactly was, but my medication is supposed to heal me or make me happier. And, you know, come on. Yeah. <laughs> and so, hey, that, that's, a, that's a great line, by the way, to tell a girl. Bash is so much more suave than Francis. He... I, is he older or younger? Do we know? I, th- I think he's younger. I think he is. A, I, I think he's a little bit younger. Um, but I, I do think in terms of dynamic, he certainly seems to be the older brother simply because, you know, uh, Francis, he's always kind of been more protected, right? He's, mm-hmm. he's not the bastard child. And, and uh, 
Whereas Bash, you, you know, he he seems more worldly. He, he absolutely he knows his way around the forest. He knows how to get places and, and be quick about it, and, and knows combat really well. Right? It wasn't up up until last episode where, you know, Henry and Francis have you know they say they've never fought together. Well, why? Because you know it seems like Francis wouldn't be able to keep up. Yeah. Whereas well, Bash and. Couldn't. And Francis, I mean, Henry said, I, you know, he can't fight Francis because he doesn't want to hurt his heir. Like that's, exactly. <laughs> that's like kind of the, their, their money. Cause if is his heir dies and it, the, the throne will be moved to a different family. Um, whoever the, uh, daughter married. So, and they don't want that to happen. And I don't think Catherine would ever let Bash be recognized as a crown prince. Nope. So. <laughs> So we have kind of the Bash and Lola love thing that's going on throughout this episode. And, of course, we can't forget our slutty friend, Kenna. <laughs> okay, why, why do you call her slutty? Why why, why I got to throw that out okay, there? Okay, this is why. And especially after this episode, it really solidified my idea of thinking Kenna's kind of like a slut. Just, okay, obviously she's the most sexually charged and kind of sexually interested girl about all of them i mean in the pilot episode she was one who's like hey you guys want to come watch the bedding ceremony with me like through the windows and you know she did have that controversial controversial masturbation scene that they had to cut in half in the pilot um but i mean come on like all the other girls seem very like straight laced and like okay i'm here like my family told me i have to do this i'm here for mary and only for mary and i also need to find a husband that's good for me but i you know that's gonna move my family up that's why they're here where kenna she's like she straight up said it this episode um i want to be your mistress to the king like mistress number two like he already has one mistress like that he sent off to paris to go shopping and you're you're like asking him hey i want to be your mistress number two i don't i don't see how that is like something to aspire to be i don't i don't think you aspire to be that um and certainly it makes her insubordinate however does it gain her a certain amount of power by i i you know it, it affords her certainly her a good life mm-hmm. it would seem I mean, and and obviously, Queen Catherine, even though she doesn't treat Bash very well, she can't really do anything about Bash's mother, who the king recognizes. As, like, she was there to actually meet Mary when she arrived. So, you know, the life of a mistress is not that bad, I guess. But, but like, to just go straight up to him, like, she just, she changed so quickly, I felt, from last week to being like, no, I can't sleep with you. Like, I'm here to find a, a husband to... Yes, let me jump into bed with you. It it just seemed it just seemed almost too quick and very irrational. Yeah, yeah. I, I, um, I don't know. I I, I just like uh, I love uh, to me this storyline just tends to be fun only because <laughs> because of the way you know they're courting each other um, and and the power power plays involved. You know, as as Henry says, you know, uh, people here don't always show their emotion. Um, and then, uh, what does he say? He says something that Catherine always says, right? Uh, um, oh my gosh, I probably have it written down. Um, but, to, to, you know, as soon as he said that to her of like, you know, that we're not, you know, patience is a weakness and things like that. Oh, yeah, that, yeah. Um, it's, it, it's just funny to me how they're kind of applying these things. And you, they both want the same thing, um, but... but at the end of the day, it's still there. There's a power play involved, and I love how that's kind of affecting them. 
but I, I see their love for each other. Yeah, I mean, and you can definitely, I mean, when she originally goes in there and he denies her and like, no, you need to go to Portugal, basically, I felt like he did that out of love, but it almost felt too fatherly to me. I think that's what's kind of creeping me out about it a little bit. It's just he I mean, does... he, he is pretty much old enough to be her. Father. Yeah, and he and he looks so much older than her too. They under, they obviously have tons of chemistry, but like you know, as acting partners as well as you know sexually. But there's something about it that just seems a little too too paternal that uh, <laughs> that that kind of makes me cringe every time they're either making out or about to make out. I don't know. <laughs> well, I, you know, it, for me, the thing that offsets it is that as much as he has the power, quote unquote, she's still able to change him slowly but surely. And that that's what I love about it is, you know, I like what the CW is doing. Yes, the women may not have ultimate power, but how they are manipulating these men is interesting to me because in tonight, as she says to him, you know, have a little patience and, and, because it shows you know, courage, wisdom, uh, power, you know, that's, that's mm-hmm. what she didn't use the word sexy, but that's what's sexy, not, oh, you know, impulse re- decisions and, you know, chop off a man's head, this and that. Yeah, it was interesting. And I feel like that move of her, like going up to the king and being like, hey, pump the brakes a little bit, you know, wait till your sons get back before you decide to just behead this, this man, because Catherine is so urgently like wanting you to do it i think that's kind of what tipped him back of being like oh maybe i i do want to have this woman in my ear and i do want to keep her around closer to me and allow her to be my mistress because it was very quickly after that um conversation that we've just found her running into his bedchamber again and you know the the deed is done (laughs) also you know we talked about the uh earlier you know you know episodes one and two that sort of execution and how impulsive that was and so you know i i think he's kind of thinking about all these different things you know obviously there's you know with his position there's stress involved um so you know patience might not be a bad thing yeah i don't know well our last kind of little lover situation that's happening this episode was Greer and her um lovely is is he the cook or he's either the cook or the kind of the servant um but the man who she had her first kiss with uh last week and I his name escapes me right now but I the man with the uh, remember the prophecy foretold that she would fall in love with the with the man with the man with the with the um white mark on his face or white something on his face and that the very last scene of last week's episode we saw him rub his face with flour and that is uh the man she is she is falling in love with and i love them together i think they're adorable um i think it really kind of makes her character a lot more interesting that she has this internal struggle of i'm in love with this man but i'm not in love with like he has no title he has no nothing and i'm here basically you know for my family and she she continually casts her mind herself of that every time she's with him and she reminds him that too and then she what she goes and she sneaks him into the ball. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I, I especially with CW shows. I mean, I 
Unfortunately, I'll admit I've seen way too many of them. Thankfully, <laughs> to AfterBuzz because of AfterBuzz. But they always have the masquerade balls. You know, Gossip Girl was was known for that. And so, although we didn't get it, you know, I was talking about how we should maybe have a Halloween episode. Although we didn't get it, this their kind of mini version of that. And, yeah. And so it worked well, obviously, for her strategy to just kind of sneak him in. <laughs> uh, no, although we... he wasn't very discreet. No, he wasn't. We should have a masquerade at AfterBuzz. We should have a Christmas masquerade or a holiday masquerade. Perhaps we will. <laughs> I don't know. You guys stay tuned for maybe pictures of a, of a holiday masquerade from AfterBuzz. <laughs> so, the yeah, Greer and the Cook, uh, you know, we'll see. I feel like they're going to come, their relationship is going to come out a lot more in, I think, next week's episode because it's kind of a hot topic right now and I think it's going to get her in trouble with maybe other suitors in court. Let me ask you this, you know, uh, in terms of that, is it just the subplot just to, you know, for the, for girls to kind of keep interested only because, you know, it's a, it's a love relationship mm-hmm. and, and that would tie it in? Uh, or, you know, as you mentioned, will something bigger happen out of this and tie back more into the primary storyline? Because if they do that, I, I think that's going to be really neat. Yeah, that that would be really really cool. And I mean, and one of the things I've been reading a couple blogs about um, about Rain, and one of the things people are really frustrated about are about these um, you know these ladies in waiting who obviously three of them are just kind of in these like loving relationships or out of love in love whatever. And then there's the one girl at the braids who I can't even remember her name because she doesn't really add much to um, the the show yet. But she there. Their only storylines revolve around love stories. They have nothing else kind of going for them. And that's a little frustrating for me, like, watching it, being like, oh, so the only other... Like, obviously, Mary is a super strong character. And Queen Catherine's pretty awesome, too, for two female leads. But those girls, they... I don't know. I feel like they they have no substance right now. It's just about, oh, I'm in love with this guy. I'm in love with this guy. It, It just... I don't know. Well, you also don't. Part of the thing is, you, you, to to depict it properly, you want those characters to be strong, but then you can't have the other ones be as strong because it's not an accurate depict accurate depiction, you know. Mm-hmm. And it also sets up those people, uh, you know, because if everyone, if all of the women were that strong, then it doesn't make what Mary is doing all the more significant maybe i don't think like strength is a thing i think i would just like to see more like them having a different kind of storyline like that doesn't involve being in love with a man or trying to get a man or you know like like being sad about a man dying like if you look at all all of those characters that's every single thing that's ever been, like every one of their lines has been about that or about mary i'm here for you which You know, props to the girls. They all were like, you know, we'll drop everything to go to Portugal with you if you leave for Portugal. And they have really been there for Mary when she's gone through kind of people trying to kill her. Uh, (laughs) Maybe as a man, it's just nice to watch a show where the women really want the men. Oh, okay. Okay. See, this is why it's so good we have a guy here to talk about Rain with us because (laughs) that's that's a good opinion. I, I, okay. Touche. Touche. I'll shut up about that. I still hope that, you know, maybe their stories evolve in a bigger way. But obviously, Mary is our um, main character. And especially this week, her struggle between Thomas and Francis. And, you know, Thomas, 
he, as we said earlier, like he was this, you know, amazing Portugal prince kind of coming in on a white steed to save Mary and to save Scotland. And so quickly he turned into the biggest D-bag ever, like to the point where I never knew whipping men were real things. Uh, but he gets a whipping man for uh, Mary and he starts following her. He's stalking her around the castle. So when Mary goes off and kind of has her alone time with Francis to kind of, I felt like that scene or that idea of her going to the lake with him was almost like a, let's say goodbye. Let's kind of have our, let's get everything out there. And well, what's funny to me is, you know, the, the, the true super villain move would be to marry her, <laughs> get what you want, then do what he did. Yeah. But he made the classic mistake where <laughs> he did it too soon. It's true. <laughs> Because I, I will applaud him on his strategy. You know, how how suave was he last time? And, you know, he had us guessing here of like, wow, should Mary be with Francis? And Francis is nice, but this guy is nicer. And look at what he's providing. Yeah. And it's all too well and good. And obviously that came out to be the case. <laughs> well, in, in my head, it was like Thomas was a man. Francis is a boy. And Mary is a queen. And even though she keeps saying she can't, she can't marry, you know, the man, she has to marry the country, the moment, like, Thomas got attached to a country, which he was a lie that we come to find out that he would not get, um, you know, looked at as a prince by the Pope until he married Mary. Um, but he lied to Mary and said that he was going to be kind of given the prince title before he married her. Um she I don't know like I kind of felt I fell for Thomas last week he was just very I don't know Francis does seem kind of weak and you know he can't make decisions he can't convince his father to really do much and Thomas was hot (laughs) and and for the first time you saw Mary as much as it was about politics for the first time ever she was swept off her feet oh yeah he, he took her to a place you know he was romantic about it um, he said a bunch of nice lines and, you know, whereas Francis, he's nice and he's obviously trying to help her, whether or not she believes that 100%, you know, he was doing what Mary wanted, mm-hmm. but he certainly wasn't showing affection. Well, and it did kind of give Francis a swift kick in the butt um, to step up his game this week because they had their little rendezvous uh, next to the lake outside of the castle walls and... um they they kissed for the no not the first time but again but it was kind of like a make out make out like little little heated and we saw like how much sexual chemistry that those that Mary and Francis do have i mean they did grow up together and props to these two actors um Adelaide Kane and Toby Rag, Rag Regbo is how you say it i think <laughs> but props to them because they really make me believe that they those two have grown up together and they kind of had a brother sister relationship but then kind of had crushes on each other and then were separated and now we're back and hoping for the best but they're still trying to you know fill the shoes of the titles that they have the best they can um and not get so kind of caught up in their love for each other but i i was so happy to see them kind of give in to to their feelings this week. It really made yeah, me happy. And, and, you know, because it comes from a place of friendship. Mm-hmm. Yeah, whereas with Thomas, it's just, wow. 
first, <laughs> I mean, even if it was, let's say, love, which clearly isn't, you know, because we were still questioning it, it at best it was an infatuation. Mm-hmm. You know, it's nice to see that friendship kind of now blossoming. Yeah. Yeah, and and I think Francis even even if Mary would have gone up to Portugal, Francis would would always love Mary, and I think Francis would always want to look out for her. Even if she went up to Portugal and like left him, and their alliance got broken, I felt like if he would have risen to become a king, he would have still looked out for Scotland, just because of the history that they have. And you, you would to me, what's most interesting about this, and what I love about this show again, is the politics of it, where. You know, you, you have the fate of perhaps France, Scotland, and Portugal being fought in the woods <laughs> with swords. And, you know, that that aspect of it I love. And I, you, that's what keeps me on the edge of my seat of how is this going to get resolved, at, you know, when, when such things are at stake. But it's just this is how it's coming about. Yeah. And it's, and it's cool kind of how – well, not cool, but I liked how Thomas started unraveling in front of Mary <laughs> – and then in front of her friends and then kind of started like losing it in front of bash and francis like just very slowly like he couldn't hold up this act anymore um to the point where like they all knew like francis and bash were like oh my gosh he's the one who sent the spy to england to hurt bash which led us to this epic fight in the woods um, which I loved. I thought that was such a well choreographed scene, and I was on the edge of my seat the whole time. And I was not expecting, spoiler alert, Francis to kill Thomas, even though in his like he was freaking out that he did. But he, he I think it was not only for Mary, but I felt like he did it for Bash, because the moment Fra- um, Thomas turned on Bash, that's when Francis was like, "Oh crap," because I feel like Bash usually would protect him. But now he didn't have Bash to protect him. So he had to do something drastic. Oh, 100%. Knowing that that's why, you know, Bash was in this predicament was because of him ratting on them. Yeah, you know, all that emotion flies. Um, And what what I liked about Thomas was the fact that he just couldn't contain his greed um, for this power. Just a little bit longer until until he was married again. <laughs> and I joke about that, but that's that's what ultimately lost out. I know. Thomas was too... too, And he trusted the wrong people as well, I think. Because the people who he trusted, the prostitute and Miguel, I believe was his name, I think were a little sloppy about what they went about doing. Um, so I feel like that's another reason why he kind of lost it. I'm happy Thomas and Mary aren't getting married. I'm not trying to say, oh, if only Thomas did it the right way, he could have gotten Scotland and, you know, gotten married. But um, it definitely made it for an interesting episode that I really, really enjoyed and has been my favorite episode so far. What I liked, uh, you know, before we move on to uh, to news and things like that, I, I really liked Simon's comment about, uh, this will hopefully this will be a moment in history that will be forgotten. Oh my gosh, I I wrote that down too. How I loved because they're kind of poking fun um, at the fact that like they they are basically taking the characters from history, but not at all following history. <laughs> yeah, and just and and again, just kind of by putting in a TV show, uh, just kind of creating its own mythos, and yeah. so thereby it has 
not been forgotten in history. Whether or not it's true, I don't. You know what I mean? And I liked it. And I'm absolutely okay if they keep doing things like that. I think it's it's funny. It brings us back to reality, and you know, it allows us to kind of laugh at the crazy soap opera that is Rain, <laughs> and uh, the Gossip Girl mixed with Game of Thrones action great great analogy (laughs) and i love both those shows so the the moment i read that somebody um related i actually read that on e that um it was gossip girl meets game of thrones and so thank you e for whoever came up with that because it it definitely is rain in a nutshell so um do you want to do you do you want to talk about anything else about the episode or i'm all set you're all set okay let's just jump in the news and gossip after buzz tv news Okay, so I don't have that much news and gossip about um, our, our lovely actors and stuff, but I wanted to talk a little bit about the costumes that uh, are being used throughout Rain. And obviously, they're beautiful costumes and the wardrobe, everything, the aesthetics of the show are gorgeous. From where they film to what they put the actors in. Phil, I don't know if you're that into this stuff. Uh, <laughs> I, I mean, mean, I'm not, I'm not meticulous about it where, where, where I 100%, but, um, you know, I notice it and I, I, obviously it looks beautiful and, and just even how Henry said tonight to Kenna, like, wow, you're covered up and it gives me a moment of clarity. And so how, how even within the show, they're able to play with that. And, and also, uh, Marion tonight, she was a, a hunter and how that kind of, um, was symbolic of something. So I, I do enjoy it. Mm -hmm. Well, the costume designer, Meredith Markworth Polak, um, who had pulls these costumes and these dresses from designers, costume shops from Rome and like different places around Europe. And she actually also designed some of the stuff, some of the gorgeous dresses herself. But what's really cool that I thought is that some of the dresses actually are um like pulled from like famous designers and then they'll make something to go with it for example i don't know if you guys remember mary's dress last week i'll put a picture up on the afterbuzz website um but when she is standing with thomas she has this dress on that is kind of black with this gold almost military looking jacket and um the jacket is actually an Alexander McQueen jacket, and then they made the skirt to match with it. And so it's just kind of cool and inspiring that this costume designer is pulling things from all different places and from all different time periods and not letting herself be kind of restricted by anything. But she does have a few rules when it comes to the costumes. She says no petticoats, no tights for men, and no hip rolls for women. So if you guys don't know what hip rolls are, they're those things that women wore during the Elizabethan times to kind of make their hips look bigger, which would make their waist look smaller. So definitely this this costume designer is amazing. And I feel like in the future, I hope she wins some awards because, gosh, I just even though I don't like all the dresses, I just I love the just how they all look. Um, so next, we have kind of an idea of, you know, things that are coming ahead on Rain. Um, we are going to get to meet Mary of Geis, who is Mary's mother. And um, they just haven't found somebody to play her yet. So hopefully that is announced soon. It'll be interesting to kind of see. Obviously, Mary's a very strong woman. So to see if her mother was similar. Um, we are also going to be meeting Elizabeth, who will become Elizabeth the first. So that should be really fun as well. 
Um, I love the Elizabeth series and any kind of story set in the... T- I don't know if you guys watch Showtime, the Tudors on Showtime, but one of my favorite, favorite shows for a while and the other Golin Girl, which was great. Um, and then... Oh, this was what's really exciting. Tell me how you feel about this, Belle. Uh, the chemistry between Bash and Mary is... Pl- they're planning on picking it up. So... It's a slower well, burn, but there's it's definitely some there. I know, but and it's gonna heat up more. So get excited for that. I I knew the love triangle. I wanted it back between those three because I think just with the love that's all there, it's gonna really mess things up and make it awesome and dramatic. And then, um, so Nostradamus is not planning on staying very monk-like either. So he's gonna start getting into on the action. It's a lot of things to look forward to. The show, I feel like, is just going to get better. I can't wait. Yes, indeed. So, um, what do you want to jump into predictions? Let's do it. And now, your After Buzz TV predictions. Um, you go first, Val. Ooh, me. Um, I didn't get to see the previews, unfortunately, but... I like how kind of in some sort of weird way we've kind of reset things. Mm-hmm. You know, now it's a, now Catherine has to kind of rethink her strategy because this was a you know uh, even though it wasn't her plan, it was a nice little play for her of wow, get this girl out of here, and obviously that's gone. Um, you know, and and uh, Kenna and Henry, I like where that's going. Greer, we'll find out. Um, I don't know. Uh, <laughs> It's always so tough. I, I but um, I do want to see quote the ghost girl. I I, I want to see more of her. We kind of got away from that, and I, I'd like to see her. We did, and let me just uh, thank you for reminding me about Clarissa. Um, how creepy was that last scene? <laughs> of like they they show Mary kind of talking in down the hall to Clarissa, and then they show her get into bed, and then a pan down to basically the scarecrow from Batman Begins laying under her bed. I I jumped a little bit when I saw that. And I hope I don't have nightmares tonight about it, but that's really creepy. Yeah, you know, so I'm excited for that, but what, what, what about you? Um well, before I started like reading um into some of the gossip and stuff, I was like, okay, Bash and Mary have to kind of I need a spark to ignite between them again. And I feel like when that happens, Lola is going to get all hot and bothered by it again, obviously, because she felt like um, Mary, you know, was the reason her first love was killed. Um, and I, so next week, I know you said you missed the the preview for next week, but next week uh, a new girl comes to court who is new for Mary and her friends, but she's not new for everybody else at the French court. She apparently had left right before Mary had gotten there, but she was kind of uh, Francis's love interest before Mary got there. So uh, it's going to kind of throw a wrench in their newly happy life right now, which will be interesting. And she and they actually show during the preview that she asked uh, t- Francis if she can just be his mistress. And it's like, that's kind of quick for, like, that is quick. <laughs> he's not even the king yet. And you got women being like, can I be your mistress? Well, they want to get, you want to secure it. I guess so. The, I want to see Charles too. Yeah. I, well, because I, I think, I think that was so much fun to see him with his, uh, girlfriend or whatever. Mm-hmm. I agree. I, I just want to meet, I, I hope we meet more people in court 
just because like how Gossip Girl kind of as it continued, you know, you had the main characters, but like you got to know so many other ones who just would kind of put like, you know, every spin somebody's storyline out of control, which I would love. Uh, so I don't know. I I've, can't wait to meet this girl. And I wonder how Mary is going to react to her because Mary is very diplomatic. So tune in next week, guys. Phil, where can we find you? You can find me here at AfterBuzz TV. And also, if you like movies, support uh, a brand new venture called Anatomy of a Movie. That's Anatomy of a Movie. We dissect movies of all kinds. Um, For those of you who like this podcast, we actually did Hocus Pocus. I figured you guys might enjoy that one. Uh, But we've done a plethora of other ones as well, most recently. Um, uh, Shoot, uh, which one? Which one did we do? I forget. Phil's looking at me like... (laughs) Um, The Hocus Pocus one is great, guys. And if you're a fan at all of the movie, tune in. It's so much fun. And follow us here at AfterBuzz TV. That's Facebook, Twitter, Instagram. And uh, we have a ton of other after shows. In fact, Keaton does a lot of them, too. (laughs) I do. Um, You guys can find me, obviously, at AfterBuzz. Tune in to either Nashville, Once Upon a Time in Wonderland, which is right after this after show, Keeping Up with the Kardashians, um, sometimes Once Upon a Time. But tune into any of the after shows that do all your favorite TV shows. But you can also find me on Twitter at KeatonM33 and on Instagram at Keaton33. Thanks for listening tonight, guys. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Phil Svitek, and the entire AfterBuzz TV staff, we would like to thank you for listening to the AfterBuzz TV network. To watch or listen to other After shows and post comments or questions, be sure to visit AfterBuzzTV.com. I'm Sir Richard Wentworth, and this has been a presentation of AfterBuzz TV. Buzz you later. <laughs> The views expressed herein are those of the hosts only and do not necessarily reflect the views of AfterBuzz TV or its owners or principal. 